This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It's the technology show that is all about technology and sometimes other things too. Uh, I am Stephen Scott and with me this week I've got Sean Priest who's on my left. Hello, Sean. Don't talk to me. Right. Uh, and Tim Schwartz who's always on the right. Hello, Tim. Well, I was going to say something nice, but don't talk to me either. You say it that way. Boy, Mr. Grumpy over there and Mr. Sherlock, the technology show that's all about technology. Well done, Stephen. Well, I have to say that's not always the case on this program. So sometimes we have to remind people of that fact. Um, So obviously we do have a lot of tech to talk about this week. I've been at a major technology exhibition for blind and partially sighted people in the UK. But I have a very important question to ask before I get into that. Do you think icing sugar should exist on chicken? No, it's against all things natural. That's why I say don't talk to me. I can't believe you had that. You're an animal. You, you, you are an animal. You'll just, you'll just try anything, won't you? Tim's wondering, what earth are you talking about here? What is I, this? I'm, I'm so confused. So, last night, right, I, I get some dinner on the way back. I get my, my little supper in a, a lovely little restaurant in the train station in Birmingham, England. And, um, yeah, having a nice time. I'm talking to the guys who, who were, I was there with and we're having a good time. And uh, we, we order some dinner. And it's simple as this. Chicken and waffles. Hmm. Now, I'm thinking of potato waffles. Right? Yes, that's the proper way. That's the UK way. Potato waffles. Potato waffles, yeah. But instead, I got American waffles. Oh. Yes. Um, with chicken. Oh. Glazed yes. with oh. sugar. Yes. No. Yeah, Tim, I want to ask you about this. Is this a thing? It is a thing. It's it's probably more of a southern thing, but it is definitely a thing. I've never heard of this. Sugared chicken. Are you all crazy? I, what? What? How can you eat that? That's just this is wrong. How, this is how they ended up with Trump. I know exactly, exactly right. I was going to say, slippery slope. I know your vision isn't great, but have you seen the president of our country? <laughs> have you seen his size and the things that he eats? Uh, this is representative of of some of some of our population yes well i must admit chicken and sugar was a brand new one for me i've never experienced anything like it in my life um and you know you say southern birmingham is south of glasgow so maybe that's why that is the case (laughs) there you go at least the it's southern uk yes that's what i meant but was it good did you enjoy it I ate, all, I'm sure I ate all of it. I absolutely oh, loved did. it. And do you know what was weird about it? I ate it, and at the end of it, I thought, I've actually had my dinner and dessert all in one. It's a time saver. Lazy. I was going to say, Sean, sugar, chicken, and waffles. Really, you think Stephen would not have enjoyed that? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. There was sugar and waffles involved. <laughs> oh, it was really weird. Anyway, listen, uh, obviously, <laughs> this is a tech show, uh, believe it or not. Uh, I would ask uh, people to get in touch. Feedback at ami.ca. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I can't wait for this email inbox. Oh, no. Um, I want to know. I want to know the strangest meals concoctions you've had. You know, and funnily enough, as a child, this was something I used to get a lot. My grandmother would make me a sandwich, which was bread, butter, tomato with sugar on top. Wow, she really didn't like you. Wow. (laughs) It explains a lot. I wonder if she was southern. 
Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, I never asked her. I wish I had. Uh, anyway, look, lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about Sight Village, which is the UK's big event for blind and partially sighted people. Uh, I went along. Yes, you did. Yeah, I would have taken you two, but um, yeah. I didn't, so that was fine. Fine. Um, See how it is. Well, you know, I did tell Tim it was in Birmingham, and I think he thought it was in Alabama. But it wasn't. It was in England. And then he told me, well, thanks. I'm not going there. So that was that. Under the bus. Um, Lightweight. Half and a Sean, Sean doesn't leave his shed. So basically, <laughs> I just decided to go on my own. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about some of the things I saw. Some of the things... Well, I say I saw. <laughs> I know. Funny blind joke. Um, and some of the things I bought. <gasps> wow. Yes. I actually, and do you know what? I bought something I never thought I'd ever buy. A salad? <laughs> oh, wow. come on. Come Nasty. on. Nasty. a salad. Um, no, I uh, got something which I, I'll, I'll shock you at the end. And not only did, did I buy it, I'm actually quite liking it as well. Even more bizarre. So we'll talk about that. I actually bought two things when I was there. So I'm going to tell you about those later. But um, we're going to kick things off with the emails this week because, uh, do you know what? You two have been very neglectful of our email inbox, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm pretty disgusted, frankly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all our fault, yes. Yeah, well, of course, it's sure. never my fault. Um, Sean, uh, I know you've been doing your magic um, on the Thank emails, you. turning Thank them you. into, well, yeah, running them through uh, <laughs> software that will allow them to turn to speech. It's amazing. Um, it's I'm incredible. Like a the blind community will be stunned <laughs> at this invention. <laughs> so let's get into our emails then. What's the first one then? Okay, so the first one is from Anthony, who enjoys our prattling, apparently. Hi, Double Tap team. Enjoying your show, but I'm always wondering how you guys can afford all this great tech. I like the fact you guys have such a wide range, but there is only so much blind and disabled tech. I enjoy when you deal with tech that is made accessible by the manufacturer and not needing to be specially made for a particular group. I enjoyed your show on cruises and how accessibility is top of mind for that one cruise company. I also enjoy when you have guests as hearing you guys prattle on is probably getting old for you guys as well. Enjoy your news section as it is nice that you do that sort of thing and when you read emails, as love to hear what other listeners are thinking. Have a great day. Anthony Hodgins, Calgary, Alberta. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for allowing us to prattle on in your ears as much as possible. <laughs> I, I, you know, normally I say on this show at this time, we only get an hour. And then I hear the flip side of that argument, which is, yes, we only give you an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that maybe you know, tells its own story in both ways. Uh, but yeah, great to hear from you, Anthony. Uh, how do we afford all this tech? I, to be honest, I, um, I ask people. Uh, for loans of technology, they sometimes give me it, and then I forget to give them it back. That's how it works often. <laughs> Beg. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, then sometimes I will purchase things. Um, well, hang on, sometimes. I mean, all very the rarely. time you purchase things. Come on. Oh, Let's come be fair on. to Anthony. Not it's bad. not all of us that can afford this stuff. It's just you. You always get the stuff. This is true. Yeah, but... I know why that is. I figured this out, right? I was talking to my wife about this, and I said, you know, she, I, I kind of, I was, I was kind of worried by Anthony's question, and I thought, why is this? Why am I spending so much money on gadgetry? And she said, Do you know why? Because those two have got kids, and we don't, so we can spend oh, our money. I so- see. It's you saying it's bad life choices, tech over children. Yeah, it's your own fault. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we we do love we do love all the carry on and the tech. So I'm glad you enjoy it with us, Anthony. And um, yeah, thanks for getting in touch. 
The next email is from friend of the show, Aaron. Hey guys, I wanted to say that, Stephen, if you learned how to use a screen reader, then you wouldn't have to strain your eyes reading my comments. Oh! However, I'm glad you do. <laughs> you I will burned. keep the comments coming. Oh, so it's like that, is it, Aaron? Okay, well, hang on a minute. Let me just let me just get my settings uh, here. Hang on. I'll, I'll show you I can work a screen reader. Right, hang on. Voices. Here we go. Right, let's, let's see how that sounds. Carry on. As far as the horizon glasses, <laughs> I really had a hard time using them because of connection issues. I, like <laughs> I even tried both the Verizon and a T&T models with little success. I found that my phone would work better in poor mm-hmm. connection areas where my horizon glasses just fell down. This made me rethink the subscription for the glasses. I've since returned them and use my phone for area-related tasks. I'm planning on getting a pair of boss frames soon. Best. Aaron Linson. Yeah, that's what you get when you muck around with me, Aaron Linson. <laughs> no, you say <laughs> that was like a punishment for Aaron there, but after about five seconds, I got totally sick and irritated by the Queen. <laughs> it's really difficult to take it seriously when it sounds like that. I know she said AT&T, but at and I was like, what the world? What gets me is like halfway through that, I'm actually starting to like, hmm, that's interesting points about Ira. Uh, yeah, I must must uh, check that out more. Uh, oh, that's, that's really interesting, yeah. I mean, actually, you know, in all seriousness, Aaron does bring up some interesting points there. He does. About issues around um, network connectivity and all of that. Um, yeah, Tim, I mean, you're the Ira expert here. Yeah, that's the rumor. I, I'm the Ira expert, I guess. But yeah, it, it does seem to be an issue depending on where you are, which glasses you're using. I'm still using the old Horizon glasses myself. I haven't even tried the newer ones because I've heard about so many different issues, and I just don't like the way I just don't like the way it's been presented with the extra phone and, and all the extra wiring and everything. So I, I'm very happy to stay with the Horizon glasses and. There are times when I, I get either no connection or a poor connection, but for the most part, it seems to be pretty good. And I'm I'm using AT and T, you know, as well, so uh, it seems to be okay. Okay, but but I think Aaron's point, though, Tim, is that it's a lot of money that's being put out to pay for something like this, and if it's not working, obviously it's not Ira's fault if there are network connection issues. That is down to the network. Okay, so we've got to say that, and that's absolutely true. But still, it's a lot of money for something that, you know, even though the network might not be great, it's, you know, still on the company to make sure that works. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the company's got to make sure that the connection is as strong as possible and they're getting to their customers when the customers need to get to them. And if you're having connection issues and not able to use your minutes, then that is definitely a problem. And I I had that experience the first time I ever used Ira. I couldn't get a connection, took me two or three times, realized it was just the location I was at. And once I fixed that, you know, I walked literally like, you know, maybe 100 yards and it was fine. Um, but that hey, shouldn't you, be you, the case. You walked? Wow. I walked, yes. Well, I, I was out and about. I needed help Fake news. where I was. So I did walk, yes. <laughs> Believe it or not. But no, it, it is an issue and, and it does come down to the provider you're using. But yeah, I don't know how much Ira can really influence that because it is the provider. But it, it is a problem when you are paying for the service. However, it seems like every week, literally, Ira is popping up in more places for free between airports and restaurants and, and businesses. 
you know, different organizations at all the different conventions uh, this last week. You could use it for free at the conventions and the hotels. So seemingly they're getting it integrated everywhere, probably eventually, you know, we'll, we'll just have it for free. No problem we're going to have in the UK anytime soon because we don't have Vira <laughs> no. over here in the UK. Um, so everyone in America and Canada can laugh at the Brits. Uh, always a joy. Uh, right. Uh, well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Aaron. A good email there. Um, hang on. I just need to make a quick settings change here. Right. Next email. And we've got another friend of the show. It's one from Dora Speck. I've always been a voiceover user since 2011 when I got my iPhone 4. I first heard a voiceover from someone who came to visit me in college. They showed me their iPhone 3GS and what it can do. I was so intrigued by it that I wanted my own iPhone. I still had a flip phone that I couldn't do much with. When I got my iPhone 4, I was so happy. I ended up being the one to teach the workers at the source how to set it up because accessibility was a completely foreign language to them. It's too bad they weren't looking to hire anyone to be their tech assistant. Ever since then, voiceovers changed the way I saw phones in general. I can now take photos with both the regular camera app and Selfie X, use Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I can read and text much easier now, and I can add cool things like stickers and images to iMessage. iMessage is the best thing because I can now message everyone, instead of being restricted to one country. FaceTime's amazing, not only because it's FaceTime, but now there's audio FaceTime as well. No need to hold my phone in my face. I can read and send emails, but hardly anyone does that anymore. There's so much I can do with an iPhone that I don't plan on leaving Apple anytime soon. I went from using an iPhone 4, to an iPhone 6 Plus, which was stolen from me, to an iPhone 6S and now an iPhone XR. The only issue I have is trying to remove my card again after upgrading my iCloud storage. I tried adding funds to my account so I could pay for the storage just using the funds added, but Apple still won't let me remove my card, even with the funds. Is there a way I can resolve this? Sorry, got off topic, but figured I'd get that out of the way before I forgot. But if it wasn't for voiceover, I wouldn't have been able to pull it off. Happy birthday, voiceover. Here's to many more years to come. Cheers. Dora Speck. Oh, thanks for that, Dora. And uh, lovely tribute, I think, to voiceover. Just, you know, showing what it's capable of, uh, how it can help all of us in, in the various ways. And actually, what's interesting about what Dora says is that it's not the software voiceover itself. It's that it is a door that leads you to the same place that everyone else can go. So if you want to use FaceTime, you want to use iMessage, you want to, you know, pay for purchases online or, or buy online, you can do all of that. And that's what's great about voiceover. Not that it in itself is brilliant, it is, but that it's what it leads you to. Yeah, gives you access to the the joy that is the smartphone universe. Oh, this is very, very positive for my liking. Um <laughs> Wow. Well, obviously, this this email and a few of the others we're going to get to is in relation to the recent ten year anniversary of voiceover. You know, it, it was a big, it was a bit of a love fest for voiceover, and and you know, deservedly so, I think. Yeah. Although, as Tim and I talked about at the time, not actually um, at, at the beginning, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think at the very beginning of voiceover, it was a case of really. Um, yeah, it wasn't a love fest. It was a fear fest because yeah. people weren't really sure, can we use this? Is it going to work? I'm afraid of this. How much is it really even going to do for me? And, well, look what, what? happens. But, well, but, but, hang, but, well, but hang on. Hang on. No, no, no. no hang no. on. Before hang, you say that. But, no, no, uh, no, calm. Get No. <laughs> um, Down, boy. <laughs> what I will say is I think it's important at this point to remind people, uh, especially us geeks, Sean, uh, there are still a lot of people out there who think that way. 
that are still absolutely terrified by this technology. That's uh, true. Yeah. I think that's partly why there's so much specialist tech, and that's something we're going to talk about later. But I think that's it's driven by the fact that there are so many people out there who are just very nervous to move over, uh, and the support isn't out there as much as we would like. I mean, okay, we talk about it all the time, but you know, we're, we're not able to show everyone every single week. I mean, I, I sometimes think the best way for this show to work would be for us to just run a repeat of us showing people how the iPhone worked every single week for the rest of our lives. Because or Android. Then, oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, let's go back to the... <laughs> let's go back to sense here. Uh, <laughs> the iPhone is what I'm talking about. Um, you know, just showing people how it worked because that's the thing I get asked all the time. Yeah, but how do you use it? How practically do you do stuff? And I think that's the bit that, that makes people nervous. So even on its 10th anniversary, even though Dora... Has, has beautifully laid out why it's it's so important to her. I think there's a lot of people who still haven't quite felt that love yet. I think that's the case just for smartphones in general, though, and some people do have a a fear of tech in general. I'm not sure that is just because of the accessibility issue. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's a fair point, Sean. I think people in general are fearful of technology and change. And, and especially when you were blind or visually impaired, Again, like I said before, you're not sure if it's going to be accessible, if it's going to work for you. And if it, even if it is, having to learn something brand new can always be daunting. It's not that it's impossible. It's just it can be very daunting, uh, especially for somebody who's not necessarily into technology and into tech like we are. So, yeah, that's that's why we're here. To Dora's question, can you remove a card uh, so you can use the funds on your iCloud account or your iTunes account to pay for things well actually the short answer is no you have to have some kind of card on there i can't think why apple would want you to constantly have a credit card or a bank <laughs> card attached to your account i mean there's no logical reason when you think about it um or maybe there is because they want to get as much money out of you as humanly possible uh well uh, that is why so what you would have to do the best thing to do actually if you and you, you may not want to do this dora but if you want to remove a card you need to add another one First, essentially, you need a primary card. Um, there, there may be ways to do it, but it is fiddly, um, and it's not something I've experienced. I've always had to add a card first before I can remove the previous one. But you know what? I've been wrong before. It was a Tuesday, um, <laughs> so you know, do get in touch and tell us if I am wrong. Feedback at ami. dot ca. Um, we had a call this week. We did, and this is from Michael. Hey, it's Michael, and this message is not for Kelly & Co., but it's for Double Tap Canada. Hey, just wanted to drop a quick message to the two gentlemen who hosted this show this past week. Uh, sorry, I don't remember your names. I know one of them's Tim, but I'm the <laughs> yes, listener to Double Tap Canada. Uh, yes, to answer you guys' question, voiceover was briefly mentioned in the uh, keynote at WWDC mm. uh, back in 2009. And I was a... I convinced uh, the state of Alaska, this is an interesting story, I was the first client who was able to convince the state of Alaska's Division of Vocational Rehabilitation that an iPhone would assist in re rehabilitating me, in a, I, I think that's the right word, anyways, allowing me the opportunity to explore different job opportunities and be more productive. If I would have realized how big of a difference that would have made in the lives of other blind or visually impaired individuals specifically uh, in 10 years, I think I would have pushed that a lot harder. Uh, I, I saw my first iPhone 
while at the Alaska Center for the Blind, uh, ironically enough, three, two years later, I ended up becoming the assistive technology instructor at the Alaska Center for the Blind prior to my mother's passing. And uh, I saw the iPhone, and at that point, I realized I needed to have one. So the state assisted in acquiring me one, and then we traveled literally the day that I received my iPhone. Uh, we traveled to Oregon, uh, my ex-wife and I, and it was revolutionary. I could do just about anything on it. I could text, and I, I, I unfortunately take full advantage of what's available to me now. But at that point, I'm like, wow, this is this is life changing. Now, let me take you back a little. I came to the iPhone from a Motorola Q. Any of y'all remember that one? Ah, good old times. Well, I mean, that is uh, an incredible phone. I must admit, I don't remember that one. At least. I feel I should remember it, but I don't. Um, I don't at all. No. no. I, I thought every one of us that used some sort of accessibility came from uh, Nokia, yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> N97s. I can't even remember now. Yeah, it was the N91, wasn't it? And uh, there was other ones I know before that, but the N91 that had talks oh, well. and N95. If you were posh, then yeah, I suppose so. If you could get one of those top-end ones, Stephen. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> 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 but uh, no, it'd be very interesting to to hear people talk about their experience with iPhones and why they got into them, why they started using them. It is, it's um, it's proven a really interesting topic of discussion. I'm assuming the two guys he's talking about are uh, me and you, Tim. Well, definitely that was me. Week, that was the week that Sean. Yeah, was that off. was the week that Sean was oh, off. He remembers I'm me, and so somehow relieved. you were forgettable. Oh, that's better. Yeah. I was worried there for a minute. I thought he'd forgotten me, but no, it was Stephen. Utterly forgettable. Well done. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I was going to say, I, I can't quite remember his name, but uh, that would be childish to do that. Uh, but no, thank you, Michael, for that. And uh, thank you for getting in touch as well. And if you want to get in touch, then you can do by calling one 509 4545 Leave a message and uh, let us know if you'd be happy for us to play out your comment on air. That's one 509 Four five four five. Yeah, get in touch with us or email at feedback at ami.ca. Uh, got another email, Sean? Yes, final email is from Ken. Hi all. On the last two shows, there was some Apple versus Android talk and also talk about cheaper Android choices. Price is big with me too. Not that I mind if it's practical or reasonable. So, when I went iPhone XR shopping recently, T-Mobile was going to charge me $810 for the phone and between $65 to $80 a month depending on my credit. However I checked out Costco during Christmas and they had an iPad 9.7 inch with cover, built-in keyboard and pen for $460, but the keyboard was too small and compact for me, and as Sean exclaims, the pen useless. To my joy and surprise, Costco were selling an iPad with a simple cover for $250, no-brainer. Then a month later when iOS 13 was announced, I heard that the iPhone SE would be supported. So then I went to the Alady store and found a brand new 2016 64GB SE for $109. Both worked with my old Bluetooth portable keyboard and both had headphone jacks and real home buttons. I now have an iPad and iPhone for $370. Thank you and love both and all other shows. Ken Takahashi. Petaluna. P.S. I love Costco. Five pounds. Bag of gummy bears for $12. <laughs> Other stores are available. <laughs> Man after my own heart, Ken. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, do you know what? I've been saying it for long enough. The iPhone SE is a brilliant phone. 
Uh, I just wish they would update it. I really hope this year they update it. I don't see it happening. No, nope. if I'm honest. Um, but I do. I would love to see it happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great phone, and you can get a good deal on it. It is supporting iOS 13, which is good. I think the question is though, what will that experience really be like? Mm. Um, you know, I remember when the the I think it was iOS 11 came out, and it was the I think it was the six at the time I had, and it was pretty. It was struggling then. So, well, with yeah. iOS 13, they have put a lot in the optimization of the core of the code. So, it, you know, it, it is supposed to be faster. But we got to remember the 6S, or you know, which is basically what the SC is, is uh, showing its age now. So, but you know, when you do weigh it up, like like uh, Ken was saying, you know, we've been talking about what well, I have talking about the price of Android phones in comparison to the uh, top end of the iPhone, uh, but. Going off his experience there, a 10R was going to cost him an absolute fortune. Uh, for half the price, he was able to get an iPad and a iPhone. Uh, admittedly, you know, older spec, but you know, as long as it works, it's difficult to to justify that high price, I think. Yeah, I really hope that Apple doesn't underestimate the popularity of that lower end, quote unquote, lower end phone. An SE2 yeah. type phone, I think, would be really, really popular, would sell well, but I'm afraid that they're going to say, well, last year we brought out the 10R, that's our lower end phone from the the higher end, you know, $1,000 phones and up, and so that's what you have to deal with. Well, but the the retail price on that is about $750 or $800. I don't consider that to be a budget phone, especially compared to Android, like he was saying, you know, you can get semi-decent Android phones for, you know, what, $350, $400 probably. They have TalkBack yep. on them. It's not the native, you know, original TalkBack, but it's not bad. It, it works and and it can be, you know, usable for you. So, yeah, I really hope Apple doesn't underestimate that, but then they may fear that, well, everybody will just buy a $400 phone and not buy the other ones. So I, I don't know, but it, the SE is really nice though. Well, we shall see what happens in September time when the new phones come out. Will we see anything like that? Who knows? Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll 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 put. Um, I'm going to put sugar on your chicken if we get it. That's uh, what you're looking okay, you forward yep, to. I'll please. eat that if it comes. I, I if they bring out a budget ah. phone, I will eat sugared chicken. You've got to eat sugared chicken on this program. I will do. I never thought. I never thought in my life I'd lead into a break. <laughs> saying the words, you will eat sugar chicken on this program. Um, but anyway, that's what I'm doing. Uh, if you want to get in touch <laughs> and leave us a message, uh, you're more than welcome to. You can call one 509 4545 or email feedback at ami.ca. We're on Twitter as well, at Double Tap Canada. Stick around. We are talking about specialist technology, specialist apps, and specialist conferences. Oh, we're getting all specialist next. <laughs> Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Welcome back. It is Double Tap Canada. Stephen Scott, Tim Schwartz, and they call him Sean Priest. Hello. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about uh, all the conferences that have been happening. I was at Site Village in the UK, um, which is a big technology event that happens over two days. Uh, and it's it happens in Birmingham in England, which is actually the home of the conference and in fact the college where the conference came from uh, but the conference itself the the exhibition does travel around the UK um, like some kind of travelling technology circus um, 
Oh, well done. Yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? It's a beautiful image. Um, Though it's, it's safe to say that Birmingham is probably the biggest version of the show. It seems to get smaller it if it travels around. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and that's partly because, obviously, what uh, Sight Village wants to do is showcase this technology to as many blind and partially sighted people all over the country. So it makes perfect sense why that's the case. The Birmingham event is the big one. It's the first one. And um, it, it's where, as I say, the home is of the conference, which is why it happens there first and why all the big product launches are announced. Uh, this year, not a huge amount in terms of product launch. I was kind of hoping to come back with lots of news. Um, but it wasn't a lot, if I'm totally honest. Disappointing. Um, yeah, a lot of the tech. I mean, there are a few things like Humanware have brought out a new CCTV called the Reveal 16. Uh, which is a 16-inch fold-up portable CCTV, a far cry from the ones I used to use at school. Yes, that you know you couldn't you couldn't put on a bus uh, without weighing the bus down. Um, so you know these things are pretty impressive now. 16-inch touchscreen uh, with built-in Android tablet, so that you can actually access pictures, downloaded books if you wanted to read something. These are for people, frankly, not not us, I guess, but for people who have got some remaining vision or are partially sighted enough to be able to read text. Yeah, um, use a magnifier. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. But it's a big screen. I mean, this is built for schools, brilliant for education purposes, great for someone mm-hmm. who maybe wants to catch up with a magazine they enjoy reading, but maybe just struggle to these days. Maybe okay, okay, yes. Let me stop you there, Stephen. What's the price of this? Brilliant for education and casual reading of magazines, but how much is it? Okay, it might be around $2,500. I mean, maybe $3,000, depending on the model you pick. I mean, I'm just, you know, saying. Yes, uh, yes, it's not the cheapest model. But then, you know, you can't buy these in the big box retailers. That's the problem. Yes, this Um, is true specialised tech, and there is a market for it. I'll give it, yeah, that's absolutely right. But there was some interesting other technology there, um, one in particular, and I'm going to now tell you what I bought. Um, bought one of these, which is a Sunu band. It's an S-U-N-U Sunu band. And it was on display. I got a fantastic demonstration from one of the people there. And, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting piece of kit. And, you know, it's one of these things you read about, you hear about, and you you kind of don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as it it's suggesting I don't know why, I just have this, and it's terrible to say this, but I have this sinking feeling with specialist tech sometimes that it sounds like a great idea, but it's just never going to quite achieve the expectation. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I sort of get that feeling with GPS. It sounds great, but whenever I use it in real life, it always seems to let me down or not live up to expectations. Well, that's partly because you have no idea where you're going anyway, and even even a computer can't control you. Well, that's true. I never leave my shed, as the world is horrible. And when you do leave your shed, you end up in a in a bush or or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the world's out yes. to get me. I've got a terrible feeling that someone actually emailed in a good few shows ago to ask us about the uh, Sunu band, and uh, I think you told us then that you had one and you were going to review it for us, Stephen. I, I don't, uh, I didn't have one, well, I had one on loan at that time, but I had to give that one back. This one is one I've actually purchased <gasps> at the event. And I purchased it Ooh. because it, uh, it it seems to be, there's, there's two things with the Sunu band that I need to talk, talk to you about and explain to you about how it works. And on one hand, it's a device that gives you navigational directions using uh, sonar and also using vibration. And on the other hand, it's a device that gives you uh, information about obstacles coming up ahead of you. 
Now, it's a, it's a smartwatch, essentially. That's the design of it. And uh, the way I would describe it, I don't think the company were too keen when I described it this way, but it's like an in- wearing an inhaler on your wrist. That's probably why they took that loner back. <laughs> yes, it might have something to do with that. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like you've got this little grill, this little bit at the end. If you think about an inhaler, you know how it kind of points out at the end. Well, you've got that little... Uh, bit that sticks out and that is obviously the sonar that is the bit that has to point out and that has to be in line with your thumb on your wrist main reason being because when you're walking you know your thumb is generally at the side of your hip right so when you're walking along this sonar can actually see ahead of you and tell you what is at well it won't tell you what's at chest height it won't tell you necessarily even the height that whatever you're about to walk into is at could be a wall it could be an overhanging branch but the point is it's telling you something is in that area and it's alerting you to it. Uh, if someone walks in front of you, for example, you'll feel it on your wrist through vibration. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is you can connect it to your phone and you can use Google Maps with it. And Google Maps, instead of doing that classic turn left at some point or in 200 metres, turn right, yeah. what will happen is as you turn your arm, and this is what sold it, as you turn your arm around, as you kind of let the... As you let the sonar do its work and kind of move around, almost like holding a flashlight, that's the best way to describe it, holding a flashlight, but instead of being a flashlight, it's sonar. As you turn, it will vibrate to let you know which direction to move in. And I've got to tell you, I walked a bit around uh, the event hall in Birmingham, and I was very impressed at how it was leading me uh, through these vibrations. So it's not giving you feedback in one part of your arm to tell you to turn left or one part of your arm to turn right. It's just vibrating, but only in the direction you want to be moving in. So you get to the end of a road, you think, is it left or right? You just turn your arm left, right? Oh, it's right. Okay, off we go. And what I love about that is you don't have to stop and look at your phone, wonder what's going on. You have that constant reassurance that it has you. Um, it knows where you are. It knows where you're going. And um, I think from a safety point of view, it's very good. It even works with your clothes over it. So if you had a jacket on or you had a shirt over the top of it, it will still work. Oh, um, that's good. I was quite impressed by this. I was quite impressed. Clearly I was because I bought one. Mm. Yeah, on you go. I, I, mean, I know you're probably wondering, right, what? But okay, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for your question. Yeah, you say all that, Stephen, but how much is it? Well, the price was $395. Bargain. That's definitely a bargain. I thought so. Yeah, I actually did. And, you know, I mean, I I am guessing that Tim is going to say, well, you could have just got an Apple Watch, which I've got. <laughs> no, dear Tim. Wow. My goodness. How dare you say that, Tim? <laughs> what did I do to you? And yes, how dare I say something like that before I said it? But that being said... I mean, the sonar part of this is fantastic, and I think it's possibly worth every penny just for the sonar ability of it. The vibration to tell you directionally where you need to go or or all that kind of thing. You're right. That can be done in an Apple Watch. So I will say that that you, you could have an Apple Watch for approximately the same price that does that and so much more. But oh, you were right, Stephen. He did say that. But I, yeah, I did end up well saying that. Yes, well done. <laughs> but that said, the Apple Watch doesn't do sonar. Although Apple, if you're listening, we know you are. Tim Cook, we know he listens, right? Uh, oh, yeah, if you add sonar to the Apple Watch, then you just put the Sunu band out of out of business. But but no, I, I think this is a fantastic device, and thankfully it doesn't come in at you know three and a half thousand like you would expect it to be. You know, three hundred and fifty dollars is is not bad. 
Uh, yeah, three three ninety five, four hundred dollars essentially, sorry, yes. and that's that's not a bad price. I mean, Sean, that's the thing we always talk about price, don't we? Every time we do this, it's always how many thousands is it? Uh, and this one's actually not too bad, but is it something you'd want? Well, I don't know. I'm not convinced. Like you, it sounds great, but in, in practical use, I've got a terrible feeling that it wouldn't be that good. That's how I initially feel. Now, you've actually tried it, and it obviously must have been good because you've bought it. You've actually put your money where your mouth is. So um, I have heard good things about sonar. Let's let's get this straight. This isn't a new technology. We, you know, Visually impaired have been yeah. using sonar projects for a, a long time. The, there's one for the cane. There's the uh, one that's meant to be very good, which is like a flash uh, flashlight. It's a torch-shaped device. That's uh, some sort of hand cane, I think they call it. That's also meant to be very good. So um, people do use these things. I'm just not entirely sure. I think it's something you, you do have to try, which is one of the great things about the conferences being there. Yeah, I, I, I know we want to talk about conferences in a minute, but I just want to say... Um... You know, I, I think these things are uh, great, but they're not replacements for canes or dogs. Just got to no. say that. You need to use these in conjunction with. I mean, I would even use it with, in conjunction with my Apple Watch. I'd have my Apple Watch on one wrist. I'd have the Sunu band <laughs> on the other. Um, that's the kind of guy so I am. So cool. Uh, you meant the kind of I also bought are. something else. <laughs> yes, exactly. I also bought something else, and I want to tell you about it. A Victor Reader stream. Wow. wow. Welcome to the party. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, how long has that been out? Uh, several years, yes, at least, yes. Um, you know what? I, I be, I've been talking a lot about this on the the UK show and um, that we do the Tech Talk show, and it is just incredible the amount of people who've been getting in touch and saying, "You know what? This is an amazing device. This is just brilliant." Here's why I love it. I, I think, though, Tim, if I'm honest, um, for you in the states, I think the, the the Victor Reader Stream is a much better project, a much better product, because of access to the reading libraries, like the National Library Service, Bookshare. You've got NFB Newsline there, so there's a lot more you can get out of a device like this that perhaps we don't get here. Yeah, and that's a shame because you would think that, especially with the Marrakesh Treaty, although that's still kind of moving its way around the world, you would think that that would be better in places around the world. But you're right, with NLS, the Talking Books, the Bard app that's very, very nice, NFB Newsline, we have so much available to us that we can download and put onto a Victor Reader stream, for example, or use on a, on a smartphone with apps, of course. And so there's so much that's available. I, I download audiobooks from Bard all the time. And it it can make the Victor Reader stream, you know, very popular. I think it is popular for that reason. People like having a separate device from their smartphone that they can use. And, and yeah, it is specialized tech, sort of, although it has a lot of mainstream tech in it. But for what it does and how tactile it is and how accessible it is, yeah, the Victor Reader stream is really nice. I have version one and it's in a drawer somewhere. Just because I'm comfortable personally doing all those same things on my iPhone, but for somebody who wants that tactile feel and having a separate device with a separate battery, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, I know Sean hates the idea of this thing. Yes. I, I I really like it, um, and and I'm quite impressed by it so far. In terms of pricing, we're looking at four hundred and forty-five dollars. <gasps> uh, that is for the Victor Reader Stream New Generation. Uh, you can get the Victor Reader Trek, which also uh, is a talking book player and has GPS built in. That is eight nine five. Yes, it's not. Um, it's a considered purchase. Let's be frank about it. But at the same time, it is you know it's not compared to a smartphone in this case. 
I don't think. I know you can do a lot of these things on a smartphone, um, but you know you can use a torch on a smartphone. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to ditch your smartphone for your torch. So you know, oh, good analogy. I like that one. Well wow. done. That one worked, Stephen. Thank you. That one did fly, indeed, beautifully. <laughs> um, but I know you guys want to talk a bit about conferences because you've both been sort of mumbling on a WhatsApp group about this and, and, you know, are these conferences a good idea in 2019 or indeed do they have the benefit in 2019 that we hope they have? Tim, I know you've been grumbling this week. Well, not really grumbling. No, no, it was definite grumbling. <laughs> well, okay, it was grumbling. Maybe it was because I wasn't able to get to any of the conferences. Oh, I wasn't yeah. sent or invited, let's Oof. put it that way. No. Oh, here we go again. Oh, no, I know. But um, but no, I mean, there there are many conferences, as you mentioned, Site Village in the UK. CNIB recently had their big annual conference, Technovision. And then here in the States, we had the ACB and NFB conferences where – you know, if I see one more comment on Varel or Facebook or Twitter about how people are off to the conferences to get a little, well, shall I say, steady, um, uh, nookie? <gasps> no, no, you can't say That's that. We're on the radio. Can I say nookie? <gasps> he said it again. I mean, Unbelievable. Quick, can someone check the manual? Is he allowed to say that? Hang on, hang on. I'm just going through it. Hang on. One second, Tim. I'm going through it. I'm going through it, Tim. You can't oh, say anything else, mate, Tim. Just wait a minute. Time out. Tim out. Yes, he can say it. That's fine. Oh, okay. I can say Nookie? Okay. Well, in the 80s on the TV game shows, they used to call it Whoopi. So, you know, um, I, I wasn't sure what quite to call it. But... I'll tell you something. I'm a married man. I'll call it Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopi! <laughs> it's a blind love fest. That's what it is. It, it is. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of that, actually. Yeah, there's oh, a lot is there? of that. Guide, is guide, there, Stephen? It's like um, guide dogs in a bowl. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, from what I understand, the, the conferences are definitely a love fest in addition to a tech fest and uh, everything else. Where was this when I was single? Anyway, um, but no, the, yeah. the, there are so many conferences and we are still kind of digging through it. So, I mean, this may be a short conversation and something we'll have to revisit next week because they all have literally just ended earlier this week. And and. Like you said, Stephen, about Site Village, it doesn't seem like there's too many new products necessarily. A lot of updates to older products, uh, a lot of just you know updates to apps that we we know of. Uh, you know, a lot of seminars, a lot of good conversations. But so far, I haven't really found anything brand new, which is interesting because that's what you expect at these conferences. Like you said, and Sean was saying that it's good for this. You can go there and actually get your hands on a product for free, try it out, see how it is, and, and test it. And I think they're great for that. I think they're great for camaraderie and learning about what's going on uh, with technology and otherwise. So I think they definitely still have their place. But it, when there's not a lot of new announcements, it, it seems a little flat. Hmm. Well, I see, the trouble is I, you can't have something new every year, I suppose, you know? Absolutely. You, That's true. We had the uh, release of KNFB. That, I think that was at the NFB uh, event, the Orbit Reader. Um, but, you know, that's pretty much it. You're going to have slight upgrades every year to a lot of the Braille displays maybe and things like that. So I'm not entirely sure. I, I just think with a lot of this stuff, I'm, I'm always saying, well, why can't this be part of the mainstream events? You know, why can't we have an accessibility section, which, to be fair, we sort of do in something like CES. Yes, had an accessibility section. Exactly. So why aren't these things on show here? Why are they having their own separate event? Why are we segregating ourselves even more? Yeah, let's let's think about that one. Here we go. Let's think that one through. Yeah. So, so all the blind people of the world, uh, you know, considering how many of you are unemployed, 
Uh, oh, because, you? you know, oh, I like uh, that. Separate yourself there, Stephen. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, wow. How many of you are unemployed because, you know... How's employers... it up there on that pedestal, Stephen? Well, With your sugar thing, chicken. Like, so you all these people who are unemployed, <laughs> who just don't That's have the opportunity to wife, get work. Chicken. And, you know, that is because employers just won't give them the jobs and, you know, we're, we're seen as less than and all of that stuff. Yeah, make your way to Las Vegas so that you can go to a conference where there are Thousands upon thousands of people clamoring around to see the latest tech so that you can find out what's in JAWS 2020. That's the idea. Well, yeah, that's going to Let's fly. be honest. How many people attend these, these events now, these specialist events? From, they've well, declined over the years. Um, I think partly due to the increase in information like this, like our show, like podcasts, like online information, online groups. It's a how lot dare of, you? It's We're not informative. <laughs> when did that start? I said like our show, not oh, our okay. show. But it's a lot like Only when the organisations that we used to have years ago. Uh, you know, I used to be part of a retinitis pigmentosa group uh, that used to meet up, I don't know, once a month or whenever it was. And of course, all of those now have gone because you have a Facebook group or you have an online group or you have a WhatsApp group. So everything's moved digital, not like the high street, really. Um, I'm just wondering how sustainable these are. And look... Like I said, I think they are important for being able to test out these specialized products, something like the Sunu band, because otherwise, how are you going to be able to try it out before you buy it? So it is important. I'm just not sure how sustainable these conferences are. It's interesting, isn't it? Because this technology is really, really important to blind people, for, for blind people to try and use. And I said this earlier, you will not find the latest Braille display in one of the big box electrical retailers. You're not going to find any of that stuff. Nope. So the problem is when you're spending money, and we, again, we talk about the price of these products, when you're spending all of that money, you want to try the damn thing first. You know, it's like, I want to just sit down with this Braille display, try it out, have maybe a, someone go through it with me. And this is what I found with, with Sight Village. When I had actually sat down with that Sunu band and sat down with the person to actually show me how it worked, I was enthralled by it. I thought, this is amazing. This is a great piece of kit. But actually just picking it out of the box, as I did when I got it on loan, I just sort of pulled out the box, put it on, uh, don't really know. And then that was it. I thought, I don't know what to do his with this usual in-depth review from Stephen there. <laughs> That's his process. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, uh, yeah, does things. And it was okay, but, you know, once someone said, oh, you do this and it'll do that, you oh, I get it now. Right, okay. And and that's the case with a lot of these things. You you want to go. Everyone else in the world, if they're buying a new television, can go to a big box retailer. They can go and look at all of the televisions. They can say, I want this one at this size. Oh, it's got those features. That's really nice. But if you're blind, you've got to literally search about in the dark to find one and then hope you can figure out how to use it on your own. Hardly good enough. So that's why I think these conferences are a good idea. I take your point about CES. The only thing I would say about CES is... Those kind of events are great for showcasing to the media. And actually what's great about those events is the world's media can look at that, at that kind of technology and give it a place. And maybe that is a good way of getting information to people. But truthfully, local events are the best. Yeah, but there's also, let's not forget, I mean, it's not the only way to try out these products because 
something like a Braille display. If you ring whatever, something like Humanware or Freedom Scientific, they've got resellers all over the world. There's going to be someone nearby to you. And you can ring up and say, OK, I'm interested in one of these. I want to give it a demo. And most of the time, though, we'll send someone out to demo it with you. I mean, how much time do you actually get to demo something in a conference? You know, could you spend a couple of hours on it? I don't know. Yeah, but it's about browsing, isn't it? It's about just getting the chance to go and try. I mean, that's the thing about Site Village, and I've been to the NFB conference. Uh, it was a good few years ago now, but the one I had gone to, and there was an area where there was a big exhibition hall, lots of different technology providers there, services and all the rest. And it was great just to be able to say, oh, oh that's what that is, or, or that's what this is. Oftentimes we don't know what's out there, and that is where these conferences are good. I do agree, though, we do. I mean, you can't fight the facts on it, and that is that the numbers of people going to these events are declining. Is that because of when they are happening, how they are happening? I mean, I'm kind of we're having a, a joke around here, but let's be honest. How many people can jump around on a plane to some other part of the world to go and see it? You know, I mean, I couldn't get Sean, who lives like, I don't know, 10 minutes from Birmingham. I don't know where Manchester is, but it's somewhere near Birmingham, I think. It's in England. Um <laughs> And I couldn't get him to, to make that journey. And he wants to go to Las Vegas next week. I mean, what's going on? Well, it's Las Vegas for a start, not Birmingham. Well, but, um, yes. <laughs> no, look. Apologies to the people uh, of Birmingham. Yes, it's a lovely place. Now, th- there is a point there. You know, th- Feedback talk- at ami.ca. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Mobility <laughs> is an issue. And I would be anxious or nervous about going to something like that if I was going on my own. You know, there is that that aspect to it i suppose i i don't know look i I think i'm looking at two different ways there are conferences like the nfb and acb i think where they actually have it's more discussion about various um topics that affect us as being visually impaired people and then you've got the tech and exhibition and product side as part of that so you know i'm not entirely sure where i where i sit on it i just see the numbers declining year on year and i just i just wonder how long they can keep going the only reason i feel that the numbers for attendance might be declining is like what you were talking about earlier sean is because there's so many podcasts so many blogs so many radio shows so many people out there talking about it it makes it maybe less necessary to go there in person to find it out because you can very easily find the information online or in a podcast or on the radio and get someone else's review. You don't always necessarily have to get your hands on it yourself. Now that's more helpful. And like you said, there are other ways to do that. But one of the conferences I went to many years ago, I went to a a state ACB convention and I really enjoyed it because there was a lot of good seminars and talks from uh, the different companies. Blind Love Fest. Yeah, the big love fest that it was, com. yes. But um, <laughs> no, didn't have a love fest. But uh, anyway, um, but no, there was a lot I of... I don't know where all this love festing is going on. I wasn't doing any love festing when I was at the NFB. What was going I on? And I went to have a salsa either. night. Yeah. But uh, rumor has it. But anyway... Um, What's, what happens in Vegas? Anyway, but no, a lot of the talks... It's me and an iPad alone in a room. <laughs> a lot of the seminars that happened, a lot of the information that you got was very helpful. I sat in on many of those uh, conversations, and, and it was really helpful. And to walk around the floor, you know, the exhibition floor, and, and meet people and network yeah. and, and find out about these products. Maybe things that were new, maybe things that weren't new, but I hadn't heard about them. It was a really great way to get that information and network, especially for me as a podcaster and blogger to get that information. So if people like us, not necessarily us, but like us are going and getting that information and then disseminating it out to the public, maybe there isn't as much of a reason for for the average person to go. 
No one likes us. But um, what I will say is um, that <laughs> I think you're right. Actually, you know, you maybe you maybe hit the nail on the head. Maybe these conferences should be attended by the likes of us, as in podcasters, people who are talking about this tech, uh, because we've got to get the word out there to the people who just genuinely can't get there, uh, wherever they are, whatever age they are. I mean, this isn't all. You know, I know that blindness is ten- tends to be seen as the um, the condition that affects older people. Because statistically, you know, if you are going to lose your sight, it will be old later in life when you're older. But that's not true in reality either. There are yeah. a lot of younger people who are not using technology very well. You know, a lot of it's down to education at school. I remember working with a girl who had never even typed properly on a computer. You know, she'd never been taught to type and she was expected to. She couldn't work out why she wasn't getting jobs. And I'm like, well, you can't work if you can't type. You need to know yeah. how to use a computer. So... You know, the very basics are there. I, mean, we're just, I was seeing technology from companies like Dolphin in the UK that provide brilliant software for that very purpose, that getting into computing, like uh, the new Guide Connect software that's brilliant. Um, Synaptic that make the phones that, uh, well, they don't make phones, but they make the software that goes on to smartphones that makes it a much cleaner, easier, navigable uh, way of using a smartphone. That's great. Uh, they've developed a new TV box, uh, which they're working on, and lots of interesting ideas coming out of that, coming soon to Canada. Um, but it's it's been really an interesting uh, time at Site Village, and uh, I am going to, next week, review one or other of the products. I don't know which one yet, I've not decided. But I am going to be reviewing either the Victor Reader or the Sunu Band. I think the Sunu Band has to come first, because everyone's yes. talking about it. So I'll maybe get into that, and uh, we will tell you, uh, well, I'll tell you my thoughts, and then they can have a laugh at me. That's usually how it works. <laughs> I like that format. It works well. Yes, that's the best. Yeah, it seems to work well for everyone. Um, listen, if you want to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us, feedback at ami.ca. You can call and leave a message on one eight six six five zero nine four five four five. I do hope we've been giving out the right number this episode because i don't want someone's phone at ami to just be constantly <laughs> ringing but if it is well you know hey that's the job steven's phone um we are we're hated enough in ami so i'm sure we'll be fine uh but listen thank you so much to sean and tim as always it's been a joy uh at least i say that because that's what i'm told to and uh, we'll catch you again next time a double tap canada bye guys thank you thank you <laughs> It's a blind love fest, that's what it is. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.